everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here for First Lady of Nutrition podcast, where every single week we bring you the best and the brightest in the nutritional and health space. And I should know because I've been in the business 40 years and I've had the pleasure of working with some of these wonderful authors, journalists, and researchers. So if you'll visit me at annelouise.com, you'll see all my blogs, my articles, my interviews, and the latest wonderful magazine article in which we were featured, where you can lose two pounds a day and discover the fatty acid that powers off weight all holiday season without dieting. So without further ado, let me introduce to you today's guest, who is Melissa Diane Smith, who is a hard-hitting journalist that I've had the pleasure of knowing for over 25 years. She's the author of Going Against GMOs and Going Against the Grain. Welcome to you, Melissa Diane Smith. So hello again, Melissa Diane Smith. You are a passionate anti-GMO person. Why did you take up this particular cause, my dear? What is so bad about GMOs? Well, I took it up because I've spent most of my career writing about therapeutic diets, uh, but then I, I realized that a lot of people didn't realize no matter what therapeutic diet they were going on, whether it was gluten-free or paleo or vegan, that they were eating genetically modified foods and not realizing it. And um, none of us were really gonna be able to get better if we just kept eating genetically modified foods, which uh, I basically call pesticide plants. You know, that the um, two main types of genetically modified foods are those that, are, that have an insecticide inside every bite of food and those that are sprayed with large amounts of herbicide. Oh, how unappetizing. Yes, exactly. And this is a topic that has, you know, really um, gone under the radar in the United States. And um, I just really wanted to uh, give a real simple explanation to people so, so they could understand why we all need to take action to avoid this. So what do we have to watch out for? What are the main GMO foods, for example? Uh, the big five are corn, canola, uh, cotton seed, soy, and sugar from sugar beets. Um, and those, uh, you know, derivatives of those along with wheat are, you know, hidden in countless convenience foods. Um, so it doesn't matter whether people are getting vegan foods or um, or uh, meat-based convenience foods, they're almost always getting uh, hidden forms of these GMOs um, in their diet, if unless they're, you know, actively looking for it and looking to avoid them. So is this, is this labeled on your, on your food labels that it's GMO enriched, so to speak? Um, no, it, it, it's... Um, they 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 have done a very good job of hiding this information, never giving us very clear labeling. So um, really, the people who learn how to eat non-GMO are very very much like the people who had to learn how to eat gluten-free, which is you learn which foods are genetically modified foods, and then you you take action to avoid them. So you have to be really proactive and 
um, well educated about the topic. So what's new in the field? We just haven't heard too much about it. I remember about five years ago, GMO was a very big deal. So do you think we've been overshadowed by the pandemic? Oh yeah, the pandemic. And, and now it turns out that they're trying to push these foods in hidden ways uh, because of people are concerned about the cl climate change and about um, an unhealthy environment. And so the powers that be, the tech bigwigs and the corporate media now are pushing this narrative that we should all be eating less meat, practically no meat, and going to these plant-based alternatives. Like the Impossible Burger? Yeah, like the Impossible Burger. And it turns out that these are um, just part and parcel of the whole GMO-based, pesticide-based, industrial, um, agriculture, food system. And uh, so like the Impossible Burger, for example, it has a genetically engineered soy-based additive that actually makes that burger appear to bleed like real meat. Oh so my they, gosh. They use that to um, market it, you know, as, as a meat alternative. And yet, uh, and yet preliminary animal data has shown um, blood clot, clot issues, anemia, and kidney damage from eating this particular genetically engineered additive. So that's um, one clear example. Um, there are others. Um, believe it or not, there's a a new ice cream alternative. It, it, I'm not joking you. The name is called Brave Robot. Ice oh my God! How that's <laughs> by the Urgent Company, and they market it. Uh, they they market it as a way to help protect the planet, but that uses a genetically engineered fungus that actually produces synthetic versions of the dairy proteins, casein, and whey. Mm -hmm. So even though it's marketed as plant-based, it's actually not. I mean, it has synthetic versions of dairy proteins. So if someone is allergic to one of those dairy proteins, it's very possible that they could have a severe reaction to that. And um, so these are, you know, very deceptively advertised. And the, the main thing I think people have to understand is just like, you know, they, they often, the govern, government and, and uh, mainstream media tend to push information on us that isn't really information. It's trying to get us to buy products mm -hmm. that aren't health promoting and um, and they give us the wrong information and people get confused by that. So it's really, really important to understand that not only are these products not good for us, they won't pr promote health, but they're gonna do the exact opposite uh, rather than trying to help protect our planet. They're part of the industrial agricultural system spray a lot of pesticides and what's what's the far greater thing to be focused on now at this point 
is how do we regenerate our soil? You know, we've been losing our topsoil very quickly. That causes um, foods to be grown without as many nutrients as they used to be even a hundred years ago. And um, so people really don't have kind of missed this very key point, point about soil health is really the key to healthy food for us, healthy food for animals, healthy food, I mean, healthy health for us, and then actually protecting the health of the planet and keeping our soil fertile and, um, and giving us nutritious food. So there's no question, but you know, and I know you're a big proponent of regenerative farming, but what about regenerating the body? We do a lot of detox for parasites, for heavy metals, for chemicals, infectious, hidden infections. What about a detox for GMOs? What, what could people do? Well, I mean, the first thing, as you, I, I mean, I'm sure, as you know, is is most people just don't eat a clean diet. So, it's it's getting those GMO foods out of the diet. I, I explain step by step in my Going Against GMOs book how to do that. People so, tell us about a little bit about your book. So, you've got a book with a, with a lot of action plans, and it's called Going Against. Don't you have two books about GMOs? Uh, no, I have Going Against the Grain, which I wrote, you know, in 2002 and Going Against GMOs. Um, so both of these are topics where you basically have to go against what most people are eating and learn how to eat in a healthy way. But Going Against GMOs just really explains in very um, reader-friendly terms how to, wh what the issues are with GMOs how they're horrible for our food security, um, how they uh, um, endanger our health and um, how they endanger our environment. And then um, explains what the, the top GMO foods are to avoid, how to avoid them, and um, really kind of helps people figure out where in each different kind of diet, no matter which type of diet you're eating, where GMOs might hide and what you have to look for to avoid them. So how do glyphosates fit into this? Aren't, isn't that a primary GMO herbicide? Yeah, as I said, the top genetically modified foods on the market, um, the majority of them are sprayed with herbicide or Roundup and the active ingredient of that is glyphosate. Now gly glyphosate, um, you know, studies have shown that um, exposure to glyphosate causes many different health problems, including gastrointestinal problems, um, infertility, and of course, it's it, most people know it because of the lawsuits, lawsuits yeah, that have been um, on uh, going on with uh, Monsanto Bear Company, and um, so it is a probable um, human carcinogen, and we definitely do not want it in our food. I. I explain in Going Against GMOs that um, it is it acts as an antibiotic, as a mineral chelator, and um, 
and as a hormone disruptor and how each of those things degrade our health. Um, so we definitely want to avoid exposure from it. And the, you know, the main way to avoid both GMOs and the pesticides or herbicides that are sprayed on genetically modified foods is to seek out organic. Um, and yet organic is a great way of avoiding um, genetically modified organisms and pesticides. Um, so it's a great start, but unfortunately, it really doesn't directly tell people whether the farmers who are growing those foods are um, doing so in a way that regenerates the soil. And really, you know, the future of our food, the future of our health really depends on us regenerating the soil. And um, regenerative farming has, um, well, I, I guess I, I should just say that the soil is really the foundation of our food system. Sure. And um, we have many examples around the world where once thriving agricultural re regions, they did not protect their, the health of their soil. And then they just became, they, they basically, you know, it went from fertile soil to basically dirt. And there's kind of a process of desertification going around the world because the, the soil is um, being degraded enough that it doesn't grow enough good crops for, um, for our food. So it's really important that we start to think about the food system from the ground up. And um, the regenerative farming is really, you know, building back the soil. And there are certain practices involved with, with that, no-tilling, using cover crops, using you know, a, a diverse crop rotations. Um, and also, and this is the thing that many people miss, is regenerative grazing. Animals actually grazing and fertilizing the land to make it full of life instead of um, desolate dirt that isn't really growing anything. You know, we, we had that with the buffalo in the plains in, the, in North America, which made incredibly fertile soil in um, the center of our country. And um, in healthy soil, as I said, it, it basically is the key to, to making healthy food, healthy people and really making a big difference in our, our climate, our climate, our weather extremes. Um, when you have healthy soil full of microorganisms, it, it retains water. So you actually save water and um, it also sequesters carbon and um, can play a role in um, helping, helping our weather and climate problems. So I've seen the term sustainable farming. Is that the, the term I've seen? I've, used, I've seen the word sustainable used very often times. Is this different than regenerative farming? 
Yeah, unfortunately, sustainable, I mean, what does it mean? It probably means very little. Well, you're right. I mean, sustainable has used been used a lot, but there's no real formal definition. Yes, I believe that regenerative farming is sustainable, but the, the term sustainable farming is um, has been overused and isn't really being used in the way that it regenerates the soil and then is more sustainable. So it's it's basically like um, greenwashing the word a lot, you know. Are people as concerned about GMOs as they used to be, Melissa? Uh, I. I do not think so. I think, you know, there have been plenty of other things that have been thrown at us that people have been focused on. And yet, you know, as, as I mentioned, one of, one of the key um, findings in animal research with GMOs is immune system problems. So if people mm -hmm. are concerned about their immune system is yeah, right wanting to protect their immune system and also their gastrointestinal health that's another big one um, it's very important to focus on gmos i mean that you know there are um when people actually focus on this when some people like go to an all organic diet for example um, they can have dramatic, like huge reductions in inflammation in the body, um, clearing up of digestive problems, um, you know, arthritis, uh, clearing up. I mean, it, it can be very, very dramatic. And most people just don't know that they have such a toxic load of all these toxic substances, but especially pesticides. I mean, you know, the amount of um, pesticides that have increased in our food supply since GMOs were put into the market is, is astounding, like 520 million more pounds of- Unbelievable. Herb, herbicides. So people, really need to understand that it's not the food that our, you know, great grandparents grew up with. We have to, um, you know, be educated and take action to find healthy food sources. And um, there are, like I said, organic is a great place to start. But then, you know, the other thing is also to, to seek out what I call organic regenerative food. And there are um, ways to do that. One is, you know, to just buy seasonal locally grown food from regenerative farms in, you know, your area. Um, and if you're having trouble knowing how to find that out, I mean, you can certainly talk to the farmer and ask what kind of practices do they use to regenerate the soil. Um, but you can also look on a search at regenerationinternational.org and put in your zip code and look for regenerative, regenerative food producers in your area. Uh, that's a really good way to do it. Um, and there, there are increasing um, companies that are offering uh, foods that are marketed as both organic and regenerative 
locally produced. Um, and I think one of the exciting developments is a new label, a new seal called the Regenerative Organic label. And uh, these products already are USDA organic, um, but then they also have to meet the highest standards for soil health. And, um, and so this is uh, something you, I think you're gonna be seeing a lot more of in the next few years. So you mentioned something that kind of leads me into this next question. And with our remaining minutes, maybe we can talk about this. People that start eating organic find that their inflammation decreases. So that leads me into this concern that maybe people are not sensitive to gluten or wheat, but maybe it's the glyphosates. What's your feeling about that? I mean, you wrote a best-selling book going against the grain. Is it glyphosate or is it wheat? <laughs> That's a great question. And I've had this, um, I've had this kind of back and forth in my own mind about it. I do think that the glyphosate is making things much worse. Um, however, I do believe, you know, there was gluten sensitivity. I just happen to know from my own family history, my grandmother, that she did not have celiac disease, but I'm pretty positive she was gluten sensitive because of the conditions she had. And this was- What were her conditions? She had schizophrenia. Oh, so there's either some mental health component that people don't recognize. Right, exactly. And, um, and uh, then my cousin had celiac disease. So there, but these were, this was quite, um, you know, quite a while before glyphosate started to be used in such long, um, such, such high amounts in our food system. Um, you know, there were even, uh, you know, I mean, like if, like what I explained in my original book, Going Against the Grain, is you can actually see as gluten grains spread throughout um, Europe, the health of the bones of people going downhill. Um, and there are many reasons for that. Um, there could be many reasons for that. Um, one is there's enough anti-nutrients in, um, in wheat to cause problem with absorption of calcium. Um, but um, but uh, there, it, it's, it's very clear that the health of the bones went downhill after gluten spread throughout Europe. And, you know, that was, of course, way before the use of pesticides. So I do. And, and also the majority of the world didn't um, eat gluten. You know, they either ate non-gluten grains or, or starches, tubers or something like that, um, uh, and vegetables. But um, gluten is kind of a newer food in the human diet. And it's unfortunate that that ended up being the base of, of the diet of the Western world. So you have been a columnist for a wonderful nutrition magazine. It's known as Better Nutrition. And it's been over 10 years, as I recall. Are people concerned about gluten as much as they were five years ago? Is gluten glyphosate? Is GMO? Is it still in the, uh, in the nutritional arena? 
Oh, yeah. I think uh, gluten-free, you know, I, I do think it's becoming a very, very common way of eating. Most people just find they feel better by eating this way and have um, fewer health issues by eating this way. And um, the good news is that people have also opened up to the importance of non-GMO and organic and now as I said, regenerative, which I think is kind of taking the non-GMO and organic movements and taking them into, into like a brand new exciting level to both help, help heal us and help heal our planet. So you believe that this net, the, the next kind of Vista, the the uncharted territory will be all about regenerative farming, regenerative farming involving the soil, the, the body and the health of the animals. I really do. Um, but again, I have cautions with that. You know, it's kind of like when I wrote going against the grain and I told people about the importance of avoiding gluten, especially if you're gluten sensitive. But I did warn, well, don't just all switch over to corn because corn oh, GMO is, is genetically modified and many people miss that information. So in terms of regenerative, yes, it definitely is where our focus should be. Um, but there is so much confusion and you know, you have to understand that the tech big wigs and the corporate media are putting out very confusing, you know, deceptive information and people need to, you know, monitor it carefully and not get swayed up by, like I say, these fake, fake meat campaigns. And, um, you know, you, you know, I don't think people really get an idea that when you see these burger substitutes, these meat, fake meat um, substitutes, they are made in a lab and big vats, you know, it's not what Ooh. you would think. Yeah, exactly. It's not what you would think about what would help sustain the planet or anything like that. Or sustain your body. We've got fake meat. We've got fake ice cream. What will they think of next? Yes, I know. <laughs> um, so it's just like people have to be, you know, be careful because there are a lot of corporate interests that want that want people to buy into a narrative that doesn't serve that it, it, it doesn't serve the people. It serves, you know, all these um, large corporations that are buy, buying up farmland and growing genetically modified foods and spraying pesticides on them and ruining our land, but it doesn't serve us or our planet. So what are you eating, my dear, as we conclude our wonderful interview on First Lady of Nutrition? What do you eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks? And are you totally grain-free? Uh, yes, I am. I am grain-free and, um, and why are you, why are you grain-free, not just gluten and wheat-free, but grain-free? Well, I am grain free because I have found through a lot of trial and error that that my best my best weight and my best health 
is is when I'm grain free. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that my diet is what's right for everybody because we're all biochemically unique. But that what's is what works best for me, and I'm non-GMO um, and organic as much or, as possible. Organic as much as possible and regenerative. Like I said, there the, the great the great um, uh, news for me is I have a wonderful um, regenerative organic farmer here in the Tucson area that I can buy fresh produce from. And I also am, you know, excited by some of these companies now that are starting to come out with, um, you know, uh, regenerate, uh, well, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished meat. And, um, and, you know, you can sometimes look for the um, America Grass-Fed Association um, certification. That's one way of knowing it, that it's a hundred percent grass fed, grass finished meat. And, um, but you're not a vegetarian though. Oh no, I definitely am not. I mean, uh, you know, if some people, uh, everybody has to evaluate that for themselves, but I, um, did a story earlier in 2021 about how, um, some people who have been vegan and, you know, went that way for important reasons. They didn't, they, they were repulsed by the idea of factory farm um, animals and they, you know, basically threw out all meat and they did well for a while. But as you know, I know you have written about and, and I have re recently written about as well, Sometimes these these people who do that, well-meaning people, they end up getting sicker after a while because they start to not get important sources of nutrients that you can only get from um, animal products such as vitamin B12 and iron and zinc and um, and or omega-3 fatty acids from fish and or, or enough protein. Right, or enough protein, and and um, they actually start to realize. Then some of them have started to realize that it's not you don't just have the the option of factory farm meat or no meat. You have this wonderful the way the way our our ancestors our our predecessors had meat, which was regeneratively raised, you know, grazing on um, grass. And, um, and that meat is not only higher in beta carotene and omega-3 fatty acids, um, but it tastes better for sure. Definitely. And, um, and uh, as I said, it's a forgotten key to regenerating the land. There again, I think the corporate media is really, really muddying the waters now, think making it seem like, you know, eating meat is, is horrible for the planet. But it's really important to understand that, that some of these ruminant animals like cattle and sheep can go into areas 
where they really can't grow much, but once they start bringing animals in and, you know, the animals start, you know, fertilizing the land, it can kind of transform barren land into fertile land that can actually grow food. So it is a way of regenerating our land and our food system. Um, and most people, especially those that were, you know, originally tending toward veganism are starting to learn that message now and um, more, more vegans are starting to add meat, regeneratively um, raised meat back into their diets because they feel better and they also know that it's an important part of regenerating farming. And the planet. Exactly. Yes. If we take if we take care of the land um, and take care of the soil, it will take care of us. <laughs> I love that. What a wonderful note to end this up on. And I have to thank you so much for being my guest. Will you come back? Of course I will, Anne Louise. I, I love talking with you. Okay, my friends, thank you so much. So the message today is to go regenerative. Wouldn't you agree, Melissa Diane Smith? Absolutely. That's the message. <laughs> and I want to thank my sponsors, Unikey Health, who's, where they're committed to helping you achieve your best health ever because health is their passion. Their products work and the customer is their number one priority. They are the official distributor of all my products. So if you're looking for weight loss products, if you're looking for detox products, if you're looking for anything to get those GMOs out of your system, unikeyhealth.com is where I'd like you to look. And our newest sponsor, cshealth.com, where if you have a devastating diagnosis for your uterus, your pancreas, urinary tract, or even your liver, you can find a product called Vitality Plus, which will be very important for getting rid of all the toxins. So thank you once again. Come back, my friends. Have a beautiful week full of light, love, and laughter. Goodbye for now. See you next week. And please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.